Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to be in the house of God this morning? We really do appreciate all those that gave and, uh, you know, just keep continuing to give. We need your help to, to reach that $30,000 mark. Uh, God is faithful and He is going to use this, what you've given and what you've done here to, to bless people, to reach our community. And that's our heart, that's our goal, is to save souls, to save lives. And so when you do that, you have a part. You are preaching the gospel when you give to Christ Unveiled Ministries. And it goes through the webcast. It goes all around the world. Amen? So thank you. We thank you so very much. It's going to change lives. All right. Well, praise God. We're going to jump into the Word this morning. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 15. 2 Samuel chapter 15. And this morning, the, the Lord has given me a word about how to overcome discouragement and doubt in our lives. We all, at different points in our lives, face discouragement. We have crises in our lives where we just feel moments of despair, where we feel the, the world is crumbling in around us. We have crises where, you know, these, these are things outside of our control oftentimes. You know, financial crises or, or problems with, with health that that we, we feel helpless against. And there's, we have these moments where we're, we're, we're going through this, what feels like hopelessness. And so I'm going to give you three things this morning about what to do. Three things that I guarantee, if you do those things, praise God, you're going to make it through with flying colors. Hallelujah. So we're going to get into that in just a moment. And we have uh, scripture, and I'll, I'll get to this uh, in just a little bit. But what happens here is, is we're going to talk about David, and David went through a serious crisis, and so we're going to look at what he did. Praise God. But understand, I want you to first know, whenever you're going through something, maybe you're going through something right now, understand first and foremost that God loves you. That's what the, the enemy would want you to question God's love for you. You know, I've been through uh, a particular uh, crisis in, in ministry and in life, where I actually had the thought come to my mind, does God actually love me? It was that severe of a, of a crisis, of a tribulation in my life. And I immediately had to deal with that thought. And that's what we're going to be talking about is dealing with these thoughts. You can cast down thoughts and imaginations. Any thought or imagination that rises up that's contrary to the knowledge of God's love and God's goodness towards, towards your life, you can cast them down. So I was, I was dealing with an issue with, with my church. I, I had pastored before, and just uh, uh, there was just really persecution <laughs> against me. I mean, I had, I had people trying to destroy me, destroy my reputation. And, and you know, one, one of the things that uh, discouragement comes from is wrong expectations. Sometimes you can set expectations, and they're wrong, they're too high, they're, they're way off. And so when reality hits, you, you, you're just thrown into a moment of shock. It's like, I can't believe this is happening. And so, you know, I, I came out of uh, Bible school, and you know, you're, you get in Bible school, you, you're all pumped up with the things of God, excited about the things of God, and you should be, right? And, and I come out of Bible school just on high, just ready to, to save the world. And that's good, and that's right. I had great high expectations about God. But where I fell short was my expectations about people. 
I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go out here and save these people. I'm ready to lay down my life. I'm ready to preach the truth and to help these people, to, to, to love these people, to, to bless these people, to just give my all in, 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 in helping people. And then I found out in, in real life, when, when the rubber hits the road in ministry, some people don't want to be helped. And when you try to help them, they'll curse you up and down. They will try to destroy you. They will try to destroy your family, your reputation, your ministry. They'll, so, I, I, you know, I, I got smacked upside the head pretty hard when I had high expectations about people. My expectations were wrong. They were inaccurate. And, and that doesn't make me change my, my love for people. I still love people. I, I still continued to lay down my life even though I was going through this trial. But I, I, I had these moments where I was like, God, what is going on? I, I'm giving my life. I'm loving these people. I'm, I'm telling them the truth and trying to help them. And, and they have no interest. They, they, so I was like, God, what, what's happening? And, and really, I just felt God speak to my heart. And, you know, he said, what, what they've done unto me, they're going to do to you. You know, there are a lot of people that act like Christians or say they're Christians, but they aren't. They go to church every Sunday. They, pre, they you know, they, they uh, sing the songs and all that, but the, there's no change in their life. And again, like I said, there's some people that you try to reach out and you try to help and try to rescue them, and <laughs> they don't want your help. And until they want your help, you cannot help anybody. That's the thing about ministry. So my, my expectations, you know, uh, were, were not very were not very accurate concerning people, but they were not high enough concerning God. My God was greater. My God reached down and rescued me from that and helped me and helped me to love them with his love when I didn't feel like it. <laughs> there are times where you're, you're not going to feel like doing the right thing. You're not going to feel like doing the godly thing. And so that's when his power, his grace comes. You've got to have faith in the grace of God to help you. When you're going through something, have faith that God's grace is sufficient. It is enough. He's going to bring you through. He's going to get you through to the other side. Be absolutely firmly established in God's love for you. God so loves you that he died for you. Hallelujah. He loves you. And he will help you. He will bring you through. Hallelujah. If you continue to trust him, of course. You got to have faith. You know, the only way to fail in, in any trial, any crisis, anything you're going through is, is to turn your back and say, well, I give up. I just, you know, I throw in the towel. You know, that's, that's a boxing uh, example. You know, you, the coach would throw in the towel when, when he feels his guy is, is, is about to get pounded and he can't go any farther. Don't throw in the towel. That's the only way you actually lose is to quit. No, hold fast and say, I'm just going to keep believing God. God loves me. He promised he will never leave you nor forsake you. When you're going through something, it might feel like, God, where are you? It just feels like moments of, of despair. It's like, where are you, God? But you've got to know that you know that you know God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He saw what you were going through while you were going through it and had a plan before it even happened hallelujah so that that should immediately get us to a place when we're going through something to say god i am turning to you i am weak i can't do this and in many of the trials that are outside of our control crises that hit our, our finances or, or attack our body or or uh, start to attack our marriage or our children or or maybe we feel we, we've lost somebody that we loved 
they died and passed away. And, and so we all deal with these crises. We've got to have our, our trust and our faith that God is with us. God loves you. And he's going to help you through. You're going to get through. I promise, especially if you do what I'm going to be talking about this morning. So one thing is just, you know, get your expectations right. Have high expectations. Trusting God is going to help you. God's grace is big enough. So focus on the goodness of God. So we have here, there's a story here, of course. Uh, David went through one of the greatest trials of his life. Maybe he would have said this was his greatest trial if, if you were to ask him. To me, I think this is one of the, the worst trials that anybody could go through. And I'm just going to go ahead and read chapter 15, verse 12, out of 2 Samuel. Uh, Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gileonite. All right, let me stop right there. All right, so what's happening here is, you know, David, he's been ruling the, the kingdom of Israel for, for years and years. The great King David. Uh, you know, we know, everybody knows about King David, right? Even all of Israel loved King David for a time until Absalom came along. Absalom is actually David's son. Absalom was this, you know, really attractive-looking man, and what he did is try to steal the kingdom away from David. He would stand at the gate as people were coming in to, to hear the judgments of David and, and to get wisdom and counsel from David and to judge rightly concerning their case like David would act, would act like a judge. Uh, Absalom would stand there and, and greet him and say, you know, if David won't listen to you, I will. I'm going to help your cause. And so people would go in and talk to David, and if David didn't give them the answer they wanted to hear, they'd go run to Absalom. And so over time, Absalom was gaining people, gaining people, gaining the hearts of Israel. And this was actually working. This is, this is very devilish. This is, this, is, this is, I mean, to my mind, it reminds me, this, this is a son of David. Well, there's another son of God. All the angels are called sons of God, right? So Lucifer is a son, was a son of God. And this is the picture that I get when I read this. This is, this is someone with the highest level of betrayal come against his own father to steal the kingdom from his father. And so what is about to happen is that Absalom not only wants the kingdom, he's going to try to kill his father. He's going to try to steal the kingdom and kill his father. So that's setting up what we're about to read here. So Absalom is getting uh, Ahithophel. Ahithophel was David's guy. Ahithophel was David's counselor. He was one of the, supposed to be one of the wisest men. David's counselor from his city. So uh, uh, Absalom has done one many people in Israel over to his side to try to overrun, to, to take over uh, the kingdom, to take over the, the throne. So he gets one of the highest counselors, Ahithophel, from his city, even Gillo, while he offered sacrifices, and the conspiracy was strong, okay? So a bunch of people conspired to kick David off the throne. And the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. He was just gaining people. Verse 13, and there came a messenger to David. The hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. 
In other words, he's won the majority. He's won the nation over to himself. You're in jeopardy. What does David do? Verse And David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise, let us flee. Let us flee. He wants to flee the throne, flee the capital city of Jerusalem, and run from his own son. You talk about being a desperate situation. You talk about feeling hopeless despair. For we shall not escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us and smite the city with the edge of of the sword. Absalom was coming to kill his father to take the throne. And the story goes on for several chapters. And, and he does uh, actually, David flees and is on the run again. You know, he was on the run from um, uh, Saul, King Saul, before he became king. And now he's on the, on the run from his own son. And he's lost the throne. And Absalom's come in to take the throne. And he took over and, and took his concubines and, and, and on and on. And so uh, and by the way, of course, we, we know the, the end of the story is that God gave him grace. God gave him help. And we're going to see what David does here in just a minute. How he made it through, because David wins. In the, abs in the end, Absalom is killed. He loses the war. There was basically a civil war that kind of took place, and, and Absalom lost the war. And David is restored back to the throne. But what David did is he kept his hope and his faith in God. Hallelujah. He kept his hope, and that's what we need to do. When you're going through the, the greatest trials in your life, first thing, first thing that we always do is get your mind on the things of God. Our natural tendency, of course, is going to be to focus on the problem and just, uh, just let that thing kind of get bigger and bigger in our mind. And that's a sure way of defeat, <laughs> You get on the problem, then you think, oh, this, this is all these things are going wrong. And then it gets worse. You start to think, well, these are all the things that could go wrong. Then it gets worse. Then this is the worst case scenario. And then you just obsess about worst case scenario as if it's already happened, right? And that's, that's where you're focused. And that's where the devil wants your mind to go, worst case scenario. And that makes you react the wrong way and make poor choices, right? You, you get into fear and you, you can get paranoid. You can get paralyzed so you can't make proper choices. So we have the ability to control our thinking, to control our mind. In uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down. We have the ability to cast down imaginations. These are thoughts. We have that ability. God wouldn't have told you you can do it unless you could do it. So God is faithful to his word. If he tells you, you can cast down these thoughts and, and, and don't let this thing snowball. If you can catch it earlier, the better it's going to be. Because it wants, once you get obsessed with worst case scenario, man, you're going to have a fight on your hands. And that's when you get to that place where you feel like you're going to give up, you're going to quit. Don't quit. Go back to, number one, get your mind on the things of God. Get your mind on God. That's what David did. Of course, we know... David uh, wrote the Psalms, and we'll get to the Psalms in just a moment. But let me read this again. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing. You've got to cast down every thought. You know, we can be lazy sometimes. Just let, let thoughts run through our mind. 
Don't do that. Casting down every imagination, every thought, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You understand that the enemy can bring thoughts to your mind. He is the master of bringing thoughts, ideas, and suggestions to your mind. And there are going to be thoughts of fear and worry, despair, hopelessness, right? And you know that that's of the enemy. So why would we continue to think on those thoughts? There's no benefit in thinking on those things. So we need to cast down. We have the authority to bring these thoughts into subjection and say, no, I am not going to worry. Worry, I believe, is a sin. It is having faith in something the devil's going to do instead of faith in what God said. Worry is, one person said it like this, it's like a, a worry is like a, a rocking chair. You, you do a whole lot of rocking, but you get nowhere. A whole lot of action, but you get nowhere. Worry has no benefit. So we've got to take our thoughts and, and the thoughts are going to come because the enemy can bring thoughts of fear, worry, suggestion to our mind. We don't have to keep them there. As we like to say, you know, thoughts are like, like birds. They can fly over your head. You can't stop birds from flying, but you can't stop them from building a nest on your head, right? So you, when the thoughts come, you can take that thought and say, yeah, let me think about that for a while. Now, that's what worry is, is taking the thoughts of, and the lies of the enemy and thinking on it and then rehearsing it over and over and over and over and over, right? We can take the thoughts of God and do the same thing. So with the same energy, you know, we are to, number one, get our, our thoughts on God. Number two, get our, our mind on the Word of God. The Word of God. So, no matter what you're going through, you need, you need to have an immediate reaction. What does God's word say? What does God's word say about this situation? So number one, get your mind on God. Number two, get your mind to think in every problem, every circumstance, what does God's word say about this? Hallelujah. That is going to help you. What did God say? What are the promises? What are the things he promised me concerning this situation that I'm going through with my, my, my body, my finances, my children, my marriage, my whatever? Okay, so worry is rehearsing uh, the thoughts of the enemy over and over, putting faith in all the, the things that could go wrong. Okay, and, and so you could use the same energy to meditate on God's word. Instead of rehearsing those things over and over and over and over, rehearse God's word over and over and over. You've got to get in the word. You know, thank God we have, a, we have search engines. You can search for a problem in the Bible. <laughs> if you have a, a problem, you can, you can go online and Google uh, Bible verse for marriage problems, and it'll bring up a list of Bible verses for you to think about and to focus on. Bible verses for, for healing. Bible verses for uh, financial problems. And and. and a lot of our Bibles now, if you've got electronic Bibles, will do the same thing. You can, you can search the Scriptures, literally. Thank God for that. So now you can put together some Scriptures that you can just dig into, and then you have a sure foundation, something to hold fast to through the storms. The storms are going to come to all of us. You can't stop the storms. 
Hallelujah. But you can make it through if your foundation is on God and his word. Praise God. You will make it through every single time. In fact, in, um, so when, when David was going through this, his, his own son was trying to destroy him to take his own throne. Uh, he wrote this psalm. We'll look at Psalm 62, and we'll see what God did. I mean, not what God did, what, what David did, which let God move in his life. Psalm 62. We're going to start reading at verse uh, 5. If I don't read it out of here. So this morning, we're talking about three things to do when you're feeling discouraged. Number one, get your mind on God. Number two, have the reaction, what does God's word say about this problem? So we'll see what David did here in Psalm 62. He, he writes, my soul, wait thou only upon God. Now this is David. He's out there in the wilderness. He's lost the throne. <laughs> He's fearful for his life. And all the people that are gathered around him, he thinks they're, they're all going to die in a civil war. He's, he's done, maybe, he might feel like he's mess, missed God, he's messed up. It's his fault somehow. You ever feel that? What have I done wrong? You know, it might not necessarily be that you've done anything wrong. We just have an enemy arrayed against us. We might think, why God, why? Just understand one reason why. I don't know all the reasons why, but number one is the devil hates you. That's one reason why you're going through what you're going through. So he cries out to God. And again, that's the first thing is, of course, getting his mind on God. So that's why he says, I wait thou only upon God. He's looking only unto God. He's not looking at the strength of his armies. He's not looking at his own strength or his own intellect. He's waiting only on God. That's where our first, you know, when we, when we have issues with our our body, we have medical issues. Is your first reaction to go to God or to go to medicine? Thank God for medicine, take the medicine, but I'm starting with God and then I'll take my medicine. I'm going first to I'm trusting you for my healing and then I'll go take whatever can to, to deal with the symptoms. But, and most of the medicine doesn't actually fix the problem. It just deals with symptoms. You go to God, God can deal with the root of the issue. Praise God. And then eventually the symptoms will get fixed too if the root is fixed. Wait only on God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock, praise God, and my salvation. He's my defense. I shall not be moved. Hallelujah. I love this psalm. When you're going through something, this is a great psalm to read, Psalm 62. In God is my salvation, my glory, the rock of my strength. He is my refuge. My refuge is in God. Verse 8, trust in him at all times, good or bad, all times. Praise God. You people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And, I, and I, you can see here, he says several things. He, six, he says six things here. He talks about my expectation is in God. That means his, his hope of what the outcome is going to be. Hope, that, that, that talks about your future, what's going to happen in the end. My expectation, my hope. So no matter what you're going through, if you're a Christian, you are never hopeless. 
There is never a situation that you're going to go through where there is no hope. Absolutely, there is hope every single time because God is your hope. He is your expectation that the outcome is going to be just fine. Everything's going to be all right. Now, there was my, my wife's uh, uh, apartment burned down, lost everything, right? And the thought just came to her, her mind, everything's going to be all right. What do you mean everything's going to be all right? I just lost everything I own. Everything's going to be all right. And it was. Over time, everything was just fine. Got everything back and some. Praise the Lord. Everything's going to be all right. So he looks to God for his expectation. Next, he talks about God is his rock. That's talking about your foundation. If you're not built upon the rock of God, God's word in particular, yes, then you have something to be afraid of. But that's why I'm telling you, number one, get your mind on God. Number two, meditate on what does God's word say about this situation. Go back to God's word and stand on it. It is a rock. It is a foundation that will never fail you. When the storms come, you know, Jesus said, build upon the rock. The storm comes to everybody. The storm came, and the person that did not build on the rock, of course, was the one that fell. Hallelujah. So get God's word in you. Number two, he talks about God as my salvation. Now, he's not talking about being saved from sin. He's talking about God's going to save me from this. This is what I'm going through. God is my salvation. He, David absolutely was sure God's going to save him. He don't know how. He don't know when. And that's what we want to know, right? How, God? When? This is taking too long. Just know God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Don't worry about it. God is your salvation. He will save you through this. He is my defense. Praise God. In other words, he's going to protect you through all of this. He's your glory, it says, my glory. What that means is he will sustain you. He will sustain, in particular, your, your reputation, your, your dignity. He's, he's not going to let this destroy you spiritually. Okay? Now, you, you, you know, we have a uh, flesh that, that wants dignity. He's not talking about fleshly dignity. He's talking about the honor that comes from heaven, the honor that comes from God on your life. In other words, God's going to see, uh, people are going to see God's blessing on you through this. Hallelujah. And that's what I like. That's what we, we, we sung this morning. Only for your glory. It's, it's, it's all for you. All for you. And that's what we want. When we go through something, we want people to be able to look at us and say, God's on that person. I know they're going through, but I can see God's helping them. God's blessing them. And in the end, God's going to get the glory when salvation comes, when deliverance comes, when the needs are met, whatever it is that they're, they're needing. And people are going to give glory to God. People that, that are going to see your life. And, and of course, uh, another benefit is, is being able to help them when they go through something now. I've been through this, brother. Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you what God did. Let me tell you what God's word says about this situation. Praise God. That's the wonderful thing about being in the body of Christ. You're never alone. The devil wants to make you feel isolated. You're never alone. Someone's already been through this. Your brother, your sister in Christ. Hallelujah. That's why it's important to connect with other people in the local church. That's why God made local churches, so we could connect closely with other people, so we could say, hey, man, what are you going through? Let me pray with you. What are you going through? I've been through that, and let me tell you what God did, right? That's what testimony is about. Open your mouth and just let people know how good God has been in your life. And, and you might find out, hey, you can help somebody. This, this can be a ministry for you, right? Just let people know, all right, God 
is going to help you. Let me pray with you. Let me be with you. And, and the last thing he says is, God is my refuge. In other words, we, we trust in, we hide in him under his protection, his, his uh, uh, feathers. We, you know, it says in Psalm 91, we hide in him. He's our refuge. Praise God. Everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. So this is, this is David's mentality. He, he immediately turns to God in the worst situation in his life. And of course, we know the end result is everything turns out just fine. He gets the throne back. Unfortunately, he, he's, he, he, he's, his son died, and he didn't want his son to die. He loved his son, but his son, you know, tried to take the kingdom from him. And so his men killed his son, and, and David grieved over his son. Nonetheless, everything was restored back to David. So we've got to have a mentality uh, of faith, faith in God's word. You know, and I'm going to read you Romans 4, talking about Abraham. You know, God appeared to Abraham and, and said, you're going to have uh, a seed and you'll be blessed and, and fill the earth. Uh, your, your seed will, will be a blessing. Romans 4, 19 says, and being not weak in faith, talking about Abraham was not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. It actually says, the, when it says he considered not, it, it, the word not is not actually in the original. You can look it up yourself at some point. But he actually considered his own body. He, he looked at his body. He looked at his, his wife's body and said, you know, it's impossible for us to have a child. But he did something. He did not stagger at the promise. He, he staggered not at the promise. In other words, God's promise is God's word to you. You can look at the situation, it looks like, well, this is impossible. Don't stagger at God's promise to you. Hold fast. He will do it. Stagger not at the promise of God's word to you through unbelief. Unbelief doesn't mean that you don't believe anything. It unbelief means that you have rejected the truth that God spoke. That's what unbelief is. So he staggered not. He looked at that promise and said, this is going to happen. Again, I don't know how. I don't know when. But God's word to me was, this is going to happen. And he staggered not. And because of that, praise God, he was imputed. Abraham was imputed righteousness. Hallelujah. It's faith that pleases God. He, he had faith that the promise was going to take place. When you're going through, have faith that God's word to you is going to happen. Praise God. Amen? Glory to God. Then the last thing, when you're going through, get your mind on eternal things. In other words, you know, this, this is the one that helps me the most, really, is no matter how bad the problem is, realize that maybe a year from now, this problem is, is going to be gone. But I'm, I'm still going to be standing. Uh, maybe two years, five years from now, 10 years, 1,000 years. You know what? We're going to live, if you're in Christ, you're going to live forever. And these, these problems shall come to pass. They're going to pass, right? They will always pass. So if you keep your mentality in, in, in the things of God, in the things of the Spirit, you realize all these things that, that seem so big at the moment are really not very big compared to eternity, compared to the bigness, the greatness of God. Keep your mind in perspective on spiritual things. 
all these problems will, will d- disappear to almost nothing. You know, the, the challenge really, we, was, of course, we, we, t- we are tempted to make a big deal of the problem and this crisis that we're going through. It's just so big. And so the challenge is, is really the important part is not the problem that you're going through, but, but how you react to it. Are you going to turn to God? Are you going to stand and have faith in God's word? See, the, the problem one day is going to pass away. It's always going to pass away. But the question is, what will remain? During your, your crisis, during your problem, did you open the door to doubt and unbelief? Or did you hold fast? Did you say, no, God is with me. God is never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. He's going to save me. He's going to deliver me. Don't know how, don't know when. But when this thing is done, when this storm has passed, I'm still going to be standing because I'm standing on the rock. I'm standing on the promises of God's word. Hallelujah. So we're all going to have problems on the outside. The question is, when it's over, did you allow, allow the problem to get on the inside? Because when it gets in your heart, once it, that, that doubt and that unbelief gets into your heart, then you've got a real serious problem. Now, when the next one comes, the next problem comes, it's going to get worse. And then the next one, then the, you, you've got to get that, that unbelief out of your heart. Again, unbelief is simply rejection of what God said. Is there any area in your life, examine your own life and say, is there any area where I, I've just rejected the truth? about that area see that's the thing about trials and tribulations they help you focus in and examine yourself do i really believe that's 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 why it's called a trial or a test the devil's doing it to destroy you to kill you because he hates you but god is examining your heart it's a test do you really believe what you think you believe in other words is your faith all in your head or do you really have faith in your heart and that's the test of it all. The, let me give you uh, James. James 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy <laughs> when you fall into different temptations or trials. Knowing this, that the trial of your faith, the trying of your faith, the trying of your faith works patience. We think that we're going through a trial, and we are, but what's really happening is the trying of your faith. That's the test, the trying of your faith. Faith in what? Faith in God's Word. Number one, get your mind on the things of God. Number two, have the mentality, no matter what you're going through, what does God's Word say? And number three, keep things in perspective. A year from now, will this really matter? A thousand years from now, will it really matter? Keep things in perspective. Praise God. The trying of your faith is precious. That's why we can rejoice when we go through something. I'm going to ask the musicians to come back. We can actually rejoice when we go through something because then our faith is challenged. Is this, do I really believe what I think I believe? You don't really know until you go through something. Then you'll find out, okay, I'm really weak. I'm not as strong, and it's an opportunity to mature. That's what it says in the, in the next verses. It's an opportunity, really, to be like Jesus. Verse 4, but let patience have its perfect work. Now, patience, patience is really what I call faith in God or faith in God's word over a long time. That's what patience really is. It's having faith in God or his word over a long time. 
So let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect, which means mature. Mature in your faith. And entire, which means complete, lacking nothing, wanting nothing. Hallelujah. And, and, and that's why we can rejoice. When we go through something, start praising God. Number one, because God's with you. God loves you. God's going to help you. You're going to get through. You're going to get saved. It's going to be all right. But number two, it's an opportunity to be more like Christ, to mature in your faith. Rejoice because now something's going to come to the surface where you're going to say, I, I am weak in this area. I, I, I see something where I was, was, was weak. I, did, I was tempted to, to doubt, to, to not believe. I'm going to get that out of my life. It's an opportunity to clean out you know, your soul, to clean out your heart and, and, and really repent and call out to God, God, I am weak, but you are strong. When I am weak, you are strong. Your grace is sufficient. God, I repent of my doubt, my unbelief. God, I get my focus. I cast down these thoughts of worry and doubt, and I get my thoughts, my focus on God. I get my thoughts and my focus on your word, your promises, and I keep all things in perspective that, you know what, a year from now, this is probably not even going to matter, or 10 years, or 1,000 years. None of this stuff is going to matter. Praise God. I am going to stand fast. I am going to remain through this storm, through this trial, because you are with me. Praise God. Amen? Glory to God. Why don't you stand with me and give God praise. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord God. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. You do love us. You will never leave us nor forsake us. You are so faithful, Lord God. No matter what we're going through, Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Our enemy would try to bring thoughts of worry and fear. But God, we choose to cast down those thoughts and we choose to think upon you, to think on your goodness, to think on your word, your promises. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God, that when this storm is past, we will remain because we are... We are with Jesus, founded on the rock that never moves, that never changes. Praise God. We trust in you, Lord God. We call on you for help. Lord God, we need you in this storm and everyone after this. They are going to come, but you will remain. You will be with us. You will help us. We thank you, Lord God.